0: hungry, and thirsty tonight because if you did, God's got something for you. Turn your neighbor and say, God's got something for you. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this word. Open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts. Father, let us understand everything that's being spoken tonight. And Lord, I just thank you for how how great you are and how wonderful you are to your people. And Lord, I thank you for your word tonight, that if there's anything that can set us free, it's your truth. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us a place where we can preach the truth, the word of God, without any limitations. We love you and we praise you tonight, and let the word become alive in here tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. He says, For you are a holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God have chosen you to be a special people unto Himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Here's where it gets good. Look at verse 7. The Lord did not set His love upon you, nor did He choose you, Because you were more in number number than any other people. Somebody say, he didn't choose you because you were special. Mm -mm -mm. He said, for you were the fewest of all the people. Now verse 8, read this right here. But because the Lord loved you. Somebody say, because he loved me. Turn to your neighbor and say, because he loved me. Say it one more again. Because he loved me. Ooh, that's good. Because the Lord loved me, watch this right here, He has set His love upon me, verse 7. The Lord did set His love upon you. Now go to verse 8. But because the Lord loved you, and because He would keep an oath that He swore unto your fathers, the Lord had brought you out, of, out of, with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman. Somebody say, He set me free. Come on, say with me. He set me free. Now, read this right here. And he redeemed you out of the house of the bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now, can we just take a moment right now and just give God praise that He chose you tonight. I want you to know that He chose you in here tonight. He has set you free in here tonight. Those of you that know God and know that His purpose is for your life, then you got to understand in here tonight that He has set you free from many things. There's many things that He's kept you from that should have took you out, but didn't take you out. And all of that, watch this right here, all of this is because the Lord decided to love you. Now here's where the praise comes in. Are you ready? God chose to love me. He chose to love you all because guess what? He wanted to. Now, can we put our hands together right there and give God some praise tonight? Come on. He loved us. He chose us not because we were special, not because we had all these talents and all these gifts. No, God loved us just because he chose to set his love upon me. Turn your name and say, he set his love upon me. Oh my God, if that don't make you shout in here tonight, I don't know what will make you shout. To know that God loves me, not for what I do. Mm-mm-mm. God loves me, not for what I can give him. Oh, that's going to make you shout in here. But God loves you all because He decided to. Now, I want you to know, I want you to think for a moment. How many people in your life actually love you? Come on. You say, what do you mean? How many people actually love you? What, what are you saying? That, that love you just for you. They don't love what you can give them. They don't love what you can buy them. They don't love what they can get from you. They just love you. Come on, somebody. Now, some of us were blessed with great parents, amen, that just loved us. They didn't love us because we could do special things, but they just loved us. Why? Because they were uh, our parents and we were their children, amen? And so I'm telling you tonight that there is a God that loves you, just for you. That's it. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's got to be a catch. There's no catch. None. Why the world says, I will love you if you can perform for me. Come on. I will love you if I can get something from you. I will love you as long as you are a benefit to me. But the moment that you can't give me something, the moment that you're not a benefit to me, I no longer love you and I don't need you. Can I ask you a question? Was that love in the first place? No. So he says, I want you to know something. He said, in case you try to get a big head... Come on. You see, one thing I found out in the body of Christ is we got too many big heads in the church. You say, what do you mean? I'm talking about them people that's been saved for 20, 30 years that think they're all that in a bag of potato chips. When you got people that's been saved for one or two years but are hungry, they are thirsty, they are desperate for God. Let me tell you something. I would rather have those people any day of the week than somebody that thinks they've got it all together. Come on, somebody. He said, I want you to know something. He said, I'm blessing you. I set you free from Egypt. I set you free from the bondage of slavery, not because you were special, not because that you had great qualities about you. He said, as a matter of fact, you're stiff neck a lot of the time. He said, but I did these things because I chose to set my love on you. You know what makes me shouting here tonight? Is the very fact that I can't tell you why God loves me. You say, hold on, how's that going to make you shout? I'm going to tell you, this is why it makes me shout, because I don't have to perform for God. Oh, come on, church, y'all not helping me out. I don't have to perform for God. See, I have to perform for a lot of you. Come on. I have to put on a show for a lot of you. But you see, with God, I can be real with him. You say, what do you mean I can be real with him? There's days I go and I praise God and I just bless him. And I just, oh, Lord, I just thank you so much for what you're doing. And I thank you, Father, that I know everything's done. But then there's also times I come to God and say, God, I'm tired and I'm weary. Can you help me? And let me tell you what, he still loves me just the same right there. He still wants me just the same. Why? Because he did not choose me in the first place. Because of what I could give him. Let me ask you a question tonight. What are you going to give a God that has no need? He has no need. Matter of fact, he told one of the prophets, he said, if I was hungry, would I I would not ask you for something to eat. I wouldn't tell you. Why? Because he's all sufficient. So, so watch this. If I have nothing to give God, then I have no reason to boast for what I have. You see what I'm saying? See, this is what he was telling Israel. He said, "Listen. He said, don't get caught up in yourself. Turn to your neighbor. And say, don't get caught up in yourself." The reason why you are blessed, it's not because you're dotting every I and crossing every T. He said, it's not because you've got everything all together. The reason why you're blessed is because I've chosen you out of all the people in the world. I have chosen you to set my love on. Church, you've got to understand the privilege you've got tonight. Many of you think, well, I'm here tonight just because I decided to come. No, no, no. You're here by divine appointment. That means that all the years before you were ever born, God said, One day, he or she's going to appear before them doors. He or she's going to be in my house, and I'm going to make myself known unto them. I'm going to make myself real, and they're going to know that I'm God all by myself. So, watch this right here. He chose you. Somebody say, He chose me. There's a world out there that has no clue who God is. See, we live in the Bible Belt, what they call the Bible Belt, right? And we think everybody knows about Jesus, right? Everybody knows about Sunday school. Everybody knows about church. But I'm going to blow your mind. There's people right now that have never even heard the name of Jesus. Don't even know who He is. And yet, some of you, you say, well, you know, I've strayed here and there, but I was raised in church, or or mama, daddy, they brought me to church. You see, you've got a privilege in here of knowing about this God. So watch this right here. Write this down. So He chose to set His love on you. It was nothing you did. Whew! there goes the pressure, right? No more pressure. See, we think we've got to perform for people. Amen? We think we've got to to perform for that because if we don't perform for people, they're not going to love us. If we can't give them something, then they're not going to love us. But here we have a God that says, I don't love you for what you can give me. I just love you. I don't love you for what you can do for me. I just love you. So He set His love on me. Why? I couldn't tell you. That's why I watch this. That's why the Word of God says His love surpasses what? All understanding. What does that mean? You cannot tell me why God chose you. Woo, my God, I'm fixing to get happy in here tonight. You can't tell me why God chose you. You can't tell me why God blessed you. You cannot tell me why God loved you. See, you think that God chose you because of what you can do. huh? He just chose you because he decided to choose you. Mm. So watch this. So we have no case, do we? We cannot go around and say, hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you why God loves me. We can't do that. Hey, let me tell you why God's blessing me. We can't do that. (coughs) So you know what that does? <clears throat> Excuse me. That teaches us to walk humbly. Come on. That teaches us to think that we're not all about, uh, it's not all about us. It teaches us to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Because right now, let me tell you something. Oh, if this don't make you shout, I'm coming back here on you. Now watch this. <clears throat> How many's been in a car wreck? How many was strung out on this and that? Come on. How many was in a bad situation and you knew it should have took you out? Raise your hand. Now, watch this. How many knows people that were in similar situations and it did take them out? Did y'all see that? why did you make it out and they didn't? Was it something that you did? No. You was, in the same, uh, you was in the same predicament as they were. What was the difference? It was the difference that God chose to have mercy on you. He chose. The Bible says, "I have mercy on whom I choose to. I have grace upon whom I choose to. I decide. Watch this. See, he's the, he decided to set his love upon you. So you got to understand. The only reason you're here today is because of God's grace. That's the only reason. Because let me tell you, if he's anything like me, you. Your decisions, the things that you've done, should have took you out a long time ago. Come on now. Should have took you out a long time ago. But God said, I'm going to have mercy on the boy. I'm going to have grace on the boy because I've chosen to set my love towards him. Now this is the part where many people say, well, you know, I believe that God allows sickness and, and troubles and all these different things to stay in people's life to keep them humble. How many ever heard that? You've heard it all your life. Well, you know God's teaching you something. He's teaching you something. That's what I always heard growing up. If, if, you, if you prayed to get healed and you wasn't getting healed, God's teaching you something, Right? If you prayed to get out of your trouble and nothing, uh, nothing turned around for you, then God's teaching you something. Okay, but let me ask you a question. And I want you to really think. What's more humbling? Is it more humbling for me to stay, for me to... I, I did something I knew that was wrong, and I'm suffering the consequences, Right? Maybe I drunk myself to where my, my liver's fried now. Right? I deserved that, didn't I? Now what's more humbling? Now, I want, you, I want you to think tonight. What's more humbling? Me staying with that cirrhosis of the liver? Dying from it? Is that more humbling? Or what's more humbling if God healed me from that? knowing I should have had it and it should have killed me. Oh my God, somebody better get this. What's more humbling? I tell you right now, it's more humbling to know that I should still be in my sickness, but God chose to heal me anyways. Come on, he had every right to throw me away. Come on, I'm not denying that. He had every right to do it, but yet he chose not to do it. You see, that's a humbling experience, church. And I'm here to tell you that this is the God that we serve. He is the God of second chances. People say, well, you know, you're suffering in your body because of the things you've done in your life. Okay, but does God not forgive? Come on. Have, how many? Raise your hands in here if you've ever made a mistake. Everybody better raise that hand. Now, did you pay for every mistake that you made? No. Somebody say, thank God for that. You didn't pay for every mistake that you've ever made in your life. So I'm asking you the question tonight, what's more humbling? The church wants to tell you God's letting these things happen to keep you humble so you don't forget God. But I'm telling you right here, if God healed me when I should have been dead, that's going to make me not forget Him. Come on, somebody. When when God blessed me, when I should have been down and out, when I should have had not two pennies to rub together, that's going to keep me to remember God. Somebody better give Him some praise in here tonight because I'm telling you who God is. The religious world tells you, yeah, it's what you get. You're going through this, well, that's what you get. But you know what grace is? Write Write this down. As if it never happened. Oh, my. <laughs> Ooh. You mean to tell me that I could be an alcoholic, get saved, quit drinking, and God can make my body as if I never took the first drink? Yes. You mean to tell me I can shoot up and give my life over to Christ and then God totally renew my body to where I have no effects? No no alterations from, from my addiction? Yes. Why? Because He chose to set His love on you. And I'm telling you in here tonight, if that does not humble you, nothing will humble you. If that makes you... Listen, if that don't make you want to chase after God, then nothing is going to make you chase after God. The very fact that you know others went through similar situations that you did, but you're still here. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Go to Romans 5.8. But God commendeth His love toward us. (coughs) And that while we were yet, what? Oh my goodness. Christ died for us. Here we go again. See, we like to go around and tell people, Oh, I'm saved. I'm blood-bought. I'm this and that. I'm a child of the king. But what we fail to mention to people... Is that the only reason that you are saved, your blood bought, and you're a child of the king? Is that Christ came and died when you were nasty? He came and died when you were dysfunctional. He came and died when you were yet jacked up, when you didn't want anything to do with God, when you didn't want to give Him the time of day. I'm telling you, that's when the love of God was set upon you. While we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us that word right there commendeth in the Greek is sunestano what does that mean it means to prove <laughs> write that down to prove so in other words God said I'm going to prove that I love you how many's ever questioned the love of God come on Every one of you. God, do you really love me? Do you really care? God said, I have proven that I love you. That I set my love upon you when you were your furthest away from me. When you were full-blown in your sin... That's when the love of God was working its hardest towards you. My God, let that sink in tonight. When we didn't want, when we had no clue who God was, when we didn't want anything to do with Him, that's when the love of God was working its hardest towards us. Now, tonight, I'm going to shift this on you. And I hope you're ready. Are you ready? Now watch. Maybe you've heard all this before. Yeah, I know God loves me. Isn't that wonderful? God set His love on me. He loved me when I was yet a sinner. Oh, He saved me. He gave me mercy. He gave me grace. Isn't that wonderful? But I'm going to shift it to you now. I want to ask you a question. It said that God set, somebody say set, His love on me, right? My question I want to ask you tonight is, are you setting your love on Him? You see, this is one thing I found out (coughs) in the church is that we do a great job of talking about the love of God. Awesome job. We, we drill it to people. We, we send the message over and over. God loves you. God loves you. He's love. Everything He does is because He loves you. But we've never challenged people to do the same for God. I know the Bible says He set His love towards me. That means He loved me not because of what I could do, not for any other reason, just because of who I was. He chose to love me. But the question I want to ask you tonight is, have you set your love upon Him? In other words, this kind of love that I'm talking about, do you love God not for what He can give you, but just because of who He is? So if you ask most people, you say, do you love God? Oh, yes, I love Jesus. I just love Jesus. You want to know why I love Jesus? Because He's always blessing me. Right? Oh, I love Jesus because He gave me a nice house. and Oh, man, He's gave me a nice car, a beautiful family. I've got this and that. I just, I just thank Him. And I just pray. I can pay my bills. That's just why I love Him, right? But nobody ever says, I love Him because... He's fun to hang with. I I love God because there's there's nothing like being in His presence. Let me ask you this. Tonight's a teaching, okay? I'm not here to preach to you. When's the last time that you went to God? Not in prayer. Prayer is asking God to do something, right? Which we do a great job at. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. When's the last time did you go to God and just say, God, I just want to spend time with you. I didn't come to ask for anything. I just want to spend time with you. Now, knowing from experience, do you know how much that means to God? God. Don't get me wrong tonight. Are you saying that, that God doesn't want me to ask Him for stuff? No, 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 no. He wants you to ask. But if that's the only reason you come to Him, there's a problem. If the only time I can come to God is when I need something. How many has got people in their life, the only, the only reason they ever contact you, you know right away before they even say anything they need something. Come on. Oh, it's so-and-so. I know they're about to ask me for something. Yeah. Because, in fact, you know what they do? They always ask you for something. I wonder if God ever feels that way. Oh, it's so-and-so. They're not going to uh, thank me or praise me or anything like that. They're just going to tell me what they need. Tell me what they want. See, what he said to the children of Israel, he said it for a reason. He said, I didn't bless you because of what you could do. I, I just chose to bless you. I chose to set my love. And the reason why he said that was, is because if we're not careful, we think that just because we're blessed that God is pleased with us. Oh, my, my, my. We think because, just because we got a nice house that God approves of us or just because everything's going smooth right now in my life, then God must be happy with me. When in reality, He said that your conditions have nothing to do with my love. Me blessing you has nothing to do with what you're doing, but it's who I am. But you see, watch this. When I set my love on God, it keeps me in a place where I need to be with Him. You know what that place is? It's a place of appreciation. You see tonight, let me tell you something. There's many seats in here that's empty tonight, and let me tell you why. Because there's a lack of appreciation for God. People's blessed, and they've become fat off the blessings of God, and they no longer see an urgency to serve God. They no longer see a reason to press after Him, to hunger for Him, to thirst for Him. So turn to your neighbor real quick and say, have you set your love on God? Mm. I love Him more because He set me free and gave me a future, right? That's why I love Him more. You know why I love God? Because He chose me when nobody else would choose me. Oh, come on, church. Church. That's why I love God tonight. I love God because when everybody else said they would be there for me in my times of trouble, and when times of trouble came and I looked around and nobody was there, guess what? He was there. That's why I love God. You want to know why I spend so much time with God and why I give Him as much as I can? I give Him my best. Let me tell you why. Because He always gives me His best. When I was down and out and I had nothing... God was there. I couldn't give Him anything. There was nothing that I could per se do for Him, but yet He still loved me. But yet He was still there for me. You see, I'm trying to tell you who God is tonight, and I'm trying, listen to me, that makes me want to set my love on Him. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That makes me want to serve Him. That makes me want to be faithful to Him. Why? Because He was faithful to me when I was unfaithful. Oh, glory to God. Write this down. Write this down. Write this down. Never lose your testimony because if you do, you'll lose your passion. Write that down. Never lose your testimony because if you do, you'll lose your passion. See, here's another thing we do. Some of us were seasoned in Christ now, right? We've been through a thing or two. We've been in church for a few years. And so you guess what's happened? That freshness has probably wore off. You remember what it was when you first got saved? There were tears. Amen? There were tears running down your face because you realized what Jesus did for you. He died and paid for your sins so you didn't have to. Somebody say, that's love. Now watch this. But as time goes on, We forget about what God did for us. You ever notice, watch this, years will go by and you ask people to testify. They no longer testify about what God did for them because that was years ago, right? Oh, it's not relevant now. That was years ago. But I'm here to tell you tonight that if you're not careful, if you lose your testimony, if you forget what God did for you, your passion's going to go with it. You see, see when I'm keeping my testimony ahead of me, in other words, when I keep reminding myself on all the times God healed me, all the times God delivered me, all the times that God set me free, guess what it does, church? It stirs that passion up inside of me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It stirs that passion up to want to go after Him more, to want to seek His face more. Why? Because He did these things for me. Why? Because of who He is. He did these things and expected nothing in return. So do not lose your testimony because if you do, you will begin to lose your passion. I want to ask you tonight, have you lost your passion? Praise the Lord, church, this doesn't do nothing for me anymore. Worship, just, uh, I just don't get into worship now. The Bible's just become so dull to me. It, just, it doesn't really click anymore. You've lost your passion. So many times, church, watch this. We lose the reason why we do what we do. We lose the, why do we worship? We lose, why do we spend time in the Word? We lose, why do we, why do we take time out of our busy schedules and spend time with God? We lose all that. And we lose it, watch this, when we lose our testimony. I want to remind you in here tonight, what has God done for you? What does he, I want you to remind yourself, what did God deliver you out of? What did He pull you? I mean, stuff stuff that was impossible, He pulled you out of it. That stirs a passion inside of you. Go to Revelations (coughs) 3.15. He said, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would rather that you be cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, Neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. You say, what does this mean? The Greek word, write this down, the Greek word for lukewarm is kelieros. Kelieros. It is a condition, write this down, it is a condition of the soul wretchedly fluctuating between torpor and fervor of love. You say, let me say it one more time. Let me, make, let me make it easy. When he says you're lukewarm, he says you are fluctuating between... The first word means you are become lethargic. Right? You, you just, you're just dull. You're dead inside. There's no light. There's no passion. There's nothing. He said you go from that... To what? The last word means to be full of passion, full of life, intensity, right? You're, in, you're, a, you're intensely going after God. You're passionately going after God. The problem is, is that, watch this, when you're lukewarm, you're one thing one minute and another thing the next. Let me see if, I'm going to say these things and see if this clicks with you. One minute you're on fire for God, right? Oh, bless God, I'm going to go to church tonight, I'm going to seek the face of God, I'm going to start reading the Word more, I'm going to start spending more time with God, and then it don't happen. You're fire one minute, you're ice the next. Watch this. Are you faithful one minute and then unfaithful the next? Oh, bless God, Pastor, I want to start doing this and this in the church. I really feel like God's led me to do this. And then maybe a week later, God, you don't feel like God's led you to do that anymore. Somebody say, inconsistency. That's what God's talking about. He said, watch this, God hates the lukewarmness to such a degree. I didn't say God hates you. I said God hates lukewarmness. To such a degree, he said, I would rather you have nothing to do with me, right? Not spend time with me, not pray, not study the Word, don't, don't, have, don't love me, don't do anything. I would rather you be that way than for you to love me one minute and then next not have anything to do with me. Inconsistency. Watch this right here. Inconsistency is the killer of passion. Write that down. Inconsistency is the killer of passion. What am I saying? Watch this right here. Anything you do in life is all about consistency. Would you agree with me? If (laughs) Working out, right? Come on. If there's one thing we're good at, for most of us, it's being inconsistent with our workouts, right? Come on. One minute, especially at the New Year's, right? Oh, bless God, New Year's resolution, I'm going to get fit this year. It lasted about, what, a week? Amen? We're inconsistent. Now, you know, watch this right here. If you're inconsistent at your exercising, guess what you're going to get out of it? Inconsistency. If you are inconsistent with your degree that you're getting at college or whatever you're going for your career, guess what's going to happen? It's not going to happen. Everything in life has to do with what? Consistency. It is the same way with our walk with God. If we halfway show up to church and halfway don't, it's going to become easier and easier not to show up. If we halfway study the Word and then halfway don't, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be watching the TV far more than you're going to be reading the Word. Everything is about consistency. Now watch this. I don't know about you guys. Now I told you inconsistency is the killer of passion, right? I don't know about you guys, but things that I have put time and effort in and sweat in, I appreciate them. Amen? They become, they become, watch this, they become important to me. I become passionate about them. Why? Because I have been consistent with this thing. I have put in the time. I have put in the effort. I have set my love towards this, right? So inconsistency... Kills that passion. This is what God is saying. He's saying, listen, either be all in for me or all out. Because you can't ride the fence. Ooh, turn to your neighbor and say, you can't ride the fence. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to eventually fall off to one side or the other. Amen. Watch this. Is inconsistency love? I want to ask you this. Is inconsistency love? No. But we say it is, right? As long as I... As long as I show up sometimes, right? As long as I give some effort to God. As long as I do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, God knows my busy schedule. and God knows what I'm dealing with and blah, 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 blah. Let's look at what 1 Corinthians says. This is what love. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Some say love is consistent. Charity never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So, if love is not consistent at all, then guess what? That means, when do we really love God when we're not giving Him our all? Mmm. When we know that God has a specific task for us to do, He's told us to do this, and then we don't, or quote unquote, we halfway do it. Are we really loving God? It is not love that causes you to be in and out of church. Write these down, these are good. (laughs) It's not love that causes you to never find out the things of God. It's not love that drives you not to give God your all. So if it's not love, what is it? It means you're full of yourself. But watch this. When I set my love on God, I become not full of myself. When I give Him my passion, I, don't, I become not full of myself. Go to Revelations 2, 4 and 5. It says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you, because you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from which you are fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly. I will remove thy candlestick out of this out of his place except thou repent. Now this shatters, somebody come on up and play music. This shatters the whole thing of once saved, always saved, don't it? Because here he's talking to the church. He's saying, Listen, you fall you fell in from your first position. Repent, or you're gonna miss my coming. Now watch this right here. He says, first love. Some of you have went through hard times, right? All of us have. All of us has went through battles. All of us has went through storms. That's not the problem. You want to know what the problem is? For a lot of us, guess what? When we came out of the battle, when we came out of the trouble, we left our passion behind. We left our devotion behind. You see, here's one thing I found out that when people go through hard times, they become hard. Not a good kind of hard. They become hard towards God. If He really loved me, He wouldn't let me go through this. If He really cared for me, I wouldn't have to deal. I wouldn't have to dealt with that. And while we're busy trying to make it through the battles and trying to make it through the storms in life, we forget our whole meaning. He said, you've fallen. I want everybody to listen to me. He said, you've fallen from your first love. Y'all remember when you first got saved? You know... That right there in itself is a problem in the church today that we have to keep reminding people of when they first got saved. Oh, you remember how when you first got saved? We should be saying, "Don't don't you know how great it is serving God right now? How great it is knowing Him right now? But no, we have to always revert back to when you first got saved because you want to know why? That was when you were at your happiest. You were still going through troubles. Life was still hard, but you found out, watch this, but you found out you didn't have to go through it by yourself. You found out that you had a God that was right there with you, that loved you and cared for you. See, here's here's what I'm concerned with, church, is that we're so focused on the love of God that we've forgotten to love Him. So now, watch this. We come to church with this attitude. Lord, what can you do for me? Instead of, what can I do for you? You've done so much for me. Far more than I could ever pay back to you. What can I do for you? How can I bless you? Somebody say, set your love on Him. Write this down. It's time to remind yourself of why you fell in love with Jesus. I believe it's the perfect time, church, to remind yourself. Maybe you've been going through some things right now and you feel all dried up. You don't feel passionate right now. You don't feel... uh, uh, That intensity, that fire of serving God anymore? Well, it's time to remind yourself. He said, listen, you've lost your first love, but you can get it back. How? By reminding yourself. What did he say? He said, remember. Somebody say remember. Remember what? Remember why you fell in love with Him. Remember why you came to Him. Remember what He done for you. Remember how He healed you. Remember how He set you free. Remember how He pulled you out of your mess. And most of all, remember how He chose you out of all the people in the world. He chose you. He set His love on me. You know what that means? He gave me His best. So if I'm to set my love on him, that means I got to give him my best. Here again, I got to step on some toes. We want God's best, don't we? Come on, we want the best. But when it comes giving back to God, we want to give God halfway effort. Guess what God expects? God says, if I give you my best, I want you to give me your best. One more scripture. Here it is 1 John 4 19. Read this with me. We love him because what? He first loved us. Why do I love Jesus like I do? Because he loved me first. You know what that means? Let's go back to the beginning of this message. He loved me when I was jacked up. He loved me when I had nothing to offer Him. He loved me when I didn't have this knowledge of the Word and could preach to you and all this stuff. He loved me anyways. He chose me anyways. That's why I love Him. He blessed me when I didn't deserve it. He healed me when he should have let me stay sick. He set me free when he had every right to keep me in my mess. I love him because he first loved me. You want your love back tonight? It's real simple. All you got to do is remember he loved you first. You remember how broken you were? When you had no hope in the world and God wretched down and He pulled you out and He showed you a love you didn't know. He showed you a love that no person had ever gave you because everybody always wanted something from you. Somebody say, I love Him because He first loved me. Tonight, (coughs) I want everybody to come to the front. Come on. I want everybody to come to the front. And all I want you to do, listen, I'm not expecting anything from you. All I want you to do,